20event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hour number three here on the program. Brought to you by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Man, it's always fun talking quarterbacks. Always fun talking quarterbacks, especially in an offense where you have um, a head coach that used to be a quarterback and head coach that has so much influence on, on the offense. So the quarterback position is always fun uh, to talk about. Always. Um, ATL VFL says, I'm really hoping Taven Jackson can do both well. Taven Jackson, from the looks of it, watching his film, he can do both well in high school. Can he do both well in college? And um, I, I'm with you, ATL VFL. I hope that he can do both well here in college. But you go watch him play. Whew, he can do both well. He can do both well. He is what Tennessee's coaches want. Yeah. He 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 can do both at the high school ranks. And and now it's up to Tennessee's coaches to to get that out of him at the at the college level. Again, like Swain said last break or uh, last segment, you don't have to have somebody that can run, but it it sure does it sure does help if you if you can find a guy that runs because yeah. If if Matt Corral can't run, Ole Miss doesn't win that football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I thought it was interesting. This is a thought I had this morning when I was driving over. Tennessee rushed for about sixty percent of the time, and, and and dropped seven, which isn't completely out of the ordinary. And I'm I'm referencing this because in the past, specifically the Arkansas game last year when Matt Corral threw six interceptions, the big storyline was, whoa, Barry Odom only rushed three and dropped eight the entire game. And so that's why I'm referencing Tennessee bringing four 60% of the time. They didn't really bring an extra blitzer that often. And I think it was because Tim Banks was was trying to see whether or not Matt Corral would take the bait or not. And in the past, Matt Corral has gotten himself into trouble because he, he would try to force the ball. He, he would try to force the ball downfield, and he wouldn't take what the defense was giving him. And it, it, he, would, he wanted the explosive play. He wanted the sexy 60-yard touchdown pass every single play. He would not take what the defense is, is giving him. So I think Tim Banks went with, with that approach of, of, okay, let's see if, if Matt is going to take what, what we're giving him this game. And that's why you saw Tennessee – hold up fairly well in coverage on Saturday night, but it's also why Matt Corral was able to take advantage of Tennessee because he has changed as a quarterback, and at the end of the day, I think you have to really tip your hat to Matt Corral because Mm -hmm. he has significantly improved at the quarterback position, not from a skill set, but from a, a mental standpoint. He's always had the skills, but because he's taken that step of maturity and step of football IQ of being more than happy to take what the defense has given him, he was able to run all day long. That's right. So you, Matt Corral can run. Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy's offense doesn't have to go as Matt Corral's legs go. They, they, can, they can win with him not running the football. But it sure does help when, when he can run the football because when you get into a situation like an Arkansas game, like a Tennessee game, and the defense is, is, is dropping a lot in coverage the majority of the time, 
then you can take advantage of it with your legs. It puts a lot of stress on the defense. I asked Theo Jackson about that because Theo gets gets caught in, in kind of no man's land, not his own fault, but just the way college football is nowadays of in his position, the star position of of Theo having to to account for a tight end or a receiver or a back. He has to account for somebody running a route while the quarterback is is rolling out and Theo is caught in between making a, a decision of, okay, do I do I continue with the receiver that's running a route or do I take off after the quarterback? I, I asked Theo about that this week and he said it definitely adds to the stress level, but you just have to you have to trust your teammates that, that they are also doing what they are doing so so that you can make the right decision and go make a play. So you, you don't need somebody that runs the football first and foremost to, to succeed in this offense, but it sure does help because it puts a lot of stress on the defense when they have to defend both. The need for some folks to have a dual-threat quarterback in this offense I understand. It's sexy. Because if you are creating a player on Madden, of course you want every player to be fast. Of course course you want every player to, to, if you're a quarterback, throw it great. If you are a receiver, catch everything. If you're a running back, you know, be able to break tackles on top of being fast. There has to be a balance. Because if there's not a balance, then you have eight guys in a box saying, all right, well, we, we, we dare you to throw it. Go ahead, throw it. We just corral you, make you throw it. We know that you can't beat us. You, it has to be a threat. It has to be a threat of beating, getting beat in the passing game. And if you can have that, oh, yeah, bring, bring on dual-third quarterbacks. When you, when you look at some of the best dual-third quarterbacks in the country heading into the season, on top of Matt Corral, some of the names that you would – Point two would be Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, correct? Mm-hmm. Sam Howell's pretty mobile, is he not? Yes. In North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, Deer King's pretty mobile, is he not? We saw that mm-hmm. early in the season. He can, he can, he can throw it better than Nick Marshall <laughs> for, from Auburn 2013. So there's, there's four. How about DJ Uwe Ungale? How about him, Clemson? I mean, he, he, he can run it if he needs to. Big old boy. And – Supposed to be a dual threat quarterback. He's not having the best year right now, and you know, offensively they've they've lost a lot of pieces. Dabble didn't do a good job of replacing those those players, but it's it's been more reasons than just DJ's play of why the offense has not been been great. But like he is also considered someone that's dual threat. Um, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw in JT Daniels at all. Uh, but, you know, Malik Willis at Liberty, someone that can do it both. Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. Um, so there's, like, Desmond Ritter, I think, in Cincinnati, someone that I would consider do a threat who can who can make plays with his legs, too, and, and good with his arm. Um, so, like, we, we see these type of players at, at different places, but not all of them are having the success that you would, thought that, would, th- would think they would have being someone that, is a dual threat that can do that that can do both. So, I would prefer I would prefer a guy that can do both. But I don't need I don't need a guy to run the football to be successful in this offense. But if he can do both, whoo, watch out. You have 
what you had on Saturday mm-hmm. and Matt Corral. <laughs> when, and, when they can do H- both, and Hendon put in the team on his back in the yeah. second half. Yeah, yeah. H- Hendon had some big chunk chunk yards that he gained on the ground on top of making some nice throws as well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it just it, it's a it's a nice it's a nice thing to have to have both, but you can't ever ever sacrifice being able to throw to throw from the pocket for a quarterback who can run. Like, you, you have to have both. You'd rather have a, a one-dimensional guy that can throw the ball than a one-dimensional guy that can't throw the ball. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's, that's my point that I'm, that I'm making, um, that let's, let's not feel like we need to have a guy that can run. Let's want one that can do both, but let's understand that if you have to make a choice between a guy that can throw – Make all the throws, but can't run, and a guy that can't throw but can run. I'm taking a guy that I'm taking Casey Clawson type. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm taking. Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking that. I'm taking Mac Jones. I'm taking Casey Clawson over um, the quarterback that can just run but can't throw at all. That's that's what I'm taking. So Cam Newton. <sighs> oh no, man! I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking Auburn 2010 Cam. <laughs> that dude was so I'm taking NFL cam. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm sure I'm taking I'm taking 2010 cam. Yeah, but in college you can get away with it. Yeah, you can. In the yeah. NFL you you can't. And yeah. maybe we need to keep college the college conversation yeah. and not incorporate NFL names. Yeah. yeah but yeah. To, to Dave's other point about Joe Milton needing to be in a spread offense, I don't believe that 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 Joe would be successful in any offense because He's not a pocket passer. He's not playing well right now, man. Simple as that. I agree with you. I, 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 I he would struggle with any offense right now. He got he got to play better. So I think it's more than just simply not playing well. I'm not saying that you disagree, but I'm I'm willing to take it a step further and just say he's a he's a bad quarterback right now, and and it would not matter if he's in in any offense. And I don't think moving to a to an offense that relies on him throwing the football a ton would would do him any good because he he he's got a big arm. He, he he's he can throw the football. He's not a he's not a passer. He he can't throw with anticipation. He, he can't throw a guy open. Guy open. He can't throw with touch. He can't throw with accuracy. Which all those other three things I mentioned all tie in together. He, he's just he's not a good passer. Not right now. It's between his ears right now, man. And it's something I talked about on um, just Monday. I mean, I, I think I brought I brought it up on Monday. I was like, you know. If I'm close to Joe, I'm telling him, hey, man, like, it's, it's, it's above the shoulders. Um, it's above the shoulders. It's not physical because he can do it. It's mental. He has to figure it out. It doesn't really matter where you go. Um, it's about the, the change you make and the adjustment you make. It's not the, it's not the environment. It's, it's, about, it's about you. It's not the coach. It's not the offense system. It's, it's, it's about him right now. So, anyways, um, Jared in Texas says, Swain, what world have you been living in? It hasn't been fun talking quarterback since Dobbs bowl game in seventeen. Uh, no, it's it's it has it hasn't been fun dealing with the quarterback stuff, honestly, especially in seventeen and since then. But you know, it's fun when you have a guy like Josh Heupel that is a quarterback guy. And, and you who have a guy is a head like coach. Hmm? And you have a guy like Hendon. It's been it's been fun to talk about Hendon the last couple of weeks. It's not fun when the the conversation extends to to Joe Milton and and Harrison Bailey, but when when 
just speaking about Hendon Hooker the last couple of weeks, that's been fun. Well, I mean, it's it, for me, it's just different when you have a head coach who is a quarterback guru. You know, it's it's it's. I just I know that that Heupel has a track record, knows what he's doing. Um, so yeah, obviously highlighting Hendon's amazing stretch run of, of just great quarterback play. Yeah, that's 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 going to be fun, but. Like I'm, I'm okay talking about quarterbacks. Period. Now more now than ever because of of Josh Heupel. To be honest, um, Connor from Georgia says Swain could Brent Schaefer throw it. Um, I would, I would, I would question. He's a freshman. So that's, that's why I'm trying to be careful here because he's a freshman. He was a freshman. He he would have grown and developed if he continued to mature, and hopefully he would have been a better passer. But just taking Schaefer's freshman year and saying, "All right, let's take Schaefer's freshman year and just throw him here in this offense," I think Schaefer would still struggle because accuracy was an issue for him. Now he can throw it. Far, you know, he can he can he can throw it, uh, but he didn't have the flick of the wrist like we've seen with Joe or Mike Vick or you know, you know, uh, uh, you know big arm quarterback like that. But um, he would he probably would struggle with with, with some accuracy in this offense for sure uh, as a true as a true freshman. Jared says, "Oh, it's fun now, but it wasn't fun talking Quentin, JG, and Mauer. No, you know." No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun talking about talking about Maurer. Um, Do you think Corral had his Heisman performance against us? That is from Big Orange J. No, I think he's going to be against Mississippi State. That's what I think he's going to have it. Unfortunately for him, there aren't many more games on the Ole Miss schedule that provide an opportunity for a, a Heisman moment. I mean, Mississippi State. Because it's a rivalry game, it's, it's it's at the end of the season. I mean, right. I understand like the 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 resistance won't be won't won't be all that much because Mississippi State's not not as good as Ole Miss. But typically, not those bad defensively, th- typically those Heisman moments come at the end of the season. So right, I'm just, I'm saying there's not a lot of opportunities left that, because there's no top team remaining on, on their schedule. So there's, there's not opportunities the, against good defenses, is what you're saying? Yeah, against top. But there's plenty of opportunities. Is, for him to, you know, have a Heisman moment, they just won't be a good. But Heisman moments come from pl- making big time plays against big time teams, and and those big time teams don't exist on on Ole Miss's schedule. LSU, Auburn, A and M, Mississippi State, solid teams, good teams. But when I think of Heisman moments, I think of great plays against great teams, and and those great teams aren't on on Miss or uh, Ole Miss's schedule. I mean, when 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 RG three beat Texas, I don't know how great Texas was that year, but. It was a it was a close game, um, it was a hard fought game, and he just like he just took over, like he just he just took over that game, you know. Louisville, when Lamar Jackson won, it, I don't know how many great teams he played it, played against, but like in those in those big games that he had, and especially late in the season when everybody's watching. That's that's when you make your that's when you make your move. That's when you go out there 
and you wow everybody. Didn't and Lamar beat Clemson? Hmm? Didn't Lamar beat Clemson his Heisman year? I don't know. I don't know. But was it later on in the season? Because um, Louisville usually plays Kentucky late in the season during rivalry, rivalry week. Um, so there's something I have to look up about when Louisville played play Clemson. Um, but that's you, know, you, can, you can make the case that's kind of what hurt Peyton because, you know, when Peyton is going up against Vanderbilt, Charles Woodson was going up against uh, Ohio State. So I get, I get what you're saying totally. Um, but I don't know about a winning. I don't know about sealing a Heisman in October. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, like October. I, I, I don't think I've seen a guy seal the Heisman Trophy in October. That usually comes in November. He did not beat Clemson his Heisman year. Yeah, um, Lamar. That is Lamar Jackson. Got you. So, man, looks like hey, looks like Matt Corral is is a favorite man, and he should be. He should be. That performance was, I mean, he he put the team on his back. They don't win without him. So, let's go back to the phones. Got Titans Bill. Titans Bill, good morning. Good morning, Jason. Let me get you off speaker, buddy. That helps. All right. You about to tighten up? Okay. Yeah, buddy, tighten up. At least they, the Titans fans didn't throw things on the field uh, uh, Monday night. They didn't have a reason to. And they know they didn't have a reason to. And I'll tell you what, I don't believe that uh, Allen slipped. I believe uh, somebody from the Titan defense tripped, tripped him up. And Jeffrey Simmons, you know, um, to me, finished the job. He's saying, uh-uh, you're not going into no end zone, Mr. Allen. Not on my watch. That's right. I... Defense stepped up, took advantage of a little miscue on the Bills' part, got the win, man. That was a big-time win against a Super Bowl-contending team. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we can also take the Chiefs. I, you know, I'll tell you what. You think that the Titans' defense. Titans, Bill, what's up with your phone, man? Far more. Huh? Your, your, your service kind of breaking in and out on, on us. Okay, can you hear me now, buddy? It's funny because, like, when somebody says, can you hear me now, it's like everything is good. Yeah, that was actually pretty clear, Titesville. Okay, okay, good deal. <laughs> Hopefully for my birthday, I'll be getting a new cell phone. Oh, um, when is that, Titesville? Uh, November 19th. I'll be hitting the big 6-8. Oh, man. Happy early birthday. Hopefully you call back before then and we can we can sing you happy birthday. Okay, I, 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 I November. What day was that? Nineteenth. November nineteenth. Somebody put that on the calendar. All right, Titans. Bill, and go my ahead. buddy and I is hopefully planning on going to see the Titans play Houston. Oh, that's an easy that's win. That's on the twenty first. That's an easy win. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. We thought that when they were playing the Jets, that was an easy win. It's you know the Titans are a strange team, you know they they're they they're up for these teams like Buffalo and Kansas City and Seattle, and it seems like they're flat against teams like the Jets. Well, they beat Jacksonville, but it's mostly these teams that are these crappy teams that they're always flat against. Jason that. That's why I consider them a strange team. 
they've been they've been frustrating, but hey, maybe maybe this win over Buffalo gets them playing more consistently. Now that's true. You know, on another note, buddy, go ahead and try to blackmail the athletic department, uh, Jeremy Pruitt. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Tight. It is not going to work. Dr. Plowman and President Boyd and athletic director White is not giving in to your demands, Mr. Mister Pruitt. And you're going to fight a losing battle, and all three of them is going to come out of there in flying colors. You know, you know what, you know what, Titans Bill. It's it's not just the athletic department. Like you're trying to blackmail the university, and all Pruitt is doing is bringing everybody together. That's all he's doing. Like, all the internal stuff that happened in the past, all he's doing is making us come together to fight against him. That's what's going to happen. He threatening Barnes and top key-level boosters and VFLs and guys that are not even here anymore. Like, you just creating em- enemies all over. Bold strategy. I don't think it's going to work. Good to see Titans Bill. Good to hear Titans Bill happy after the Titans pick up a big win on prime time against a playoff Super Bowl contending team in Buffalo. A happy Titans Bill is a happy swing event. Hour three, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Stay with us. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. 
Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com.
The official UT license plates are available from county clerk's offices across the state of Tennessee. $15 of your $35 annual specialty plate fee will go support student scholarships. Talk to your county clerk or visit alumni.utk.edu for more information. Ask for the KA plate, which stands for Knoxville Alumni. Let's go to the phones. Let's get to Jay. Jay, good morning. Blaine, good morning, man. What's up, Jay? Hey, uh, you, uh, I know you played a, it looks like you played a big part on that, um, Children's Hospital stuff, man. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're doing that. I know that, uh, you know, Pat Forty and Dan Wolken and all those people won't, won't mention a word about that, but, uh, um, that, that's awesome that you, that you're doing, that you've helped out with that and, uh, kind of just shows the real, spirit of, of the people uh, of uh, the East Tennessee region, I think. 100%, man. Uh, $40,331. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Swain uh, and Ben, what, guys, how do y'all think uh, Joe Milton is viewed in that locker room after that last play? Uh, it depends on how he carried himself after after that last play. You know, if he was apologetic and remorseful and address the guys head on, then I, I think, you know, it could be okay. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if nonchalant about it and don't want to address it, then, I mean, I think it could be an issue. I don't know because I'm not in the locker room, and I really mm-hmm. don't want to know right now. Yeah, that, that's where I, I fall. I, I don't know and don't really want to give a perspective of it because I, I don't know. And I, mm-hmm. I think I'll defer to Swain on this one because obviously he's been in in that locker room when when teammates have have done silly things like what Joe did on on Saturday night. So I I, I don't I don't know, and I don't really want to speak to it because I don't think that it would be fair to Joe. Um, no, no, that's that's understandable. I, I can never really understand. I can never really kind of get a feel for who's playing and who's not with Heupel's injury reports. I know it's no, no coach flat out just says it, but, um, I, but I am hearing that, you know, I've heard that Hendon is doing a lot better than they expected, yep. but I, I really don't know what to believe, honestly, with, with his, because I've heard Heupel speak and I'm thinking, okay, these guys right here, they're going to be playing. And then come Saturday, they don't play. So I'm like, well, so, I mean, what, what do y'all think? Is, do you think this is going to be Hendon's show Saturday, or are we running with uh, the the Rocket Man, Joe Milton? I think we'll know Friday night, maybe. <laughs> we'll know maybe, Saturday night. <laughs> or Saturday evening. I mean, that's that's. I think that's when you're going to find out. That's why I don't even, mm-hmm. you know, let myself get um, my hopes up about finding out about a player status when it comes to injuries. Any day before game day, just because, you know, doing the the big orange um, countdown, you know, we've gotten word right right before the show goes on, and that show goes on an hour and a half before kickoff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> take that for what you it's know worth. What? And, and when you look at Joe Milton's ability, that's the kind of quarterback that beats Alabama. But he has the one main key ingredient, and that's accuracy. He he's missing that. Yeah, but I, th- when you I look think both at the guys size, possess 
the physical tools to be Alabama. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But when you beat Alabama, you got to have a quarterback that's that's mobile, that's got a big arm, that can make some throws. Um, I mean, that that's the kind of QBs that beat Bama, and that can stretch that ball down the field. I mean, those are the, those are the kind of QBs that th- these game managers don't beat Alabama, nope. and um, so that almost gives you just a semblance of hope, but. Um, I don't know, man. It's, God, if we lose this, it's going to be 15 years. I just, I never thought in a million, I never thought when I was in Neyland Stadium in the 90s and they were singing, We Own Alabama, that there would come a time after beating them like eight or nine years in a row, that there'd come a time where we've lost to this program 15 years in a row. I just, I never thought that would happen here. Yeah, me either. And it's just, it's, it's just mind boggling. So yeah, I, I hope I hope we go down there and play well. And if Joe Milton starts, then if nothing else, I hope the DBs try to intercept one of his rocket passes and it breaks their hand or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe he throws it through the stadium and ruins that stadium or something. I, we maybe we can get something positive out of Joe Milton's arm strength. Yeah, the players back him. I I back the players. I back you know, I back the decisions uh, of the coaches there. I mean they they have certainly earned that. Based on what they've done since they've been here, short amount of time, I think they've earned earned that earned trust. So I'm I'm gonna back them up until they give me a reason not to. So and his injuries injury makes it makes it a little bit makes it a little bit tougher on Tennessee because I did. you still got some other games out there that you're gonna need Hendon to play in. To Jay's question about Hendon and his skepticism of listening to Hypel talk about injuries, I do think that there is some legitimate hope that Hendon does play on Saturday. Now, it'll come down to how he's feeling on Friday and Saturday, like Swain mentioned a moment ago, but the proof is in the pudding this week. Hypel publicly has, has not really said much to, to inspire hope that Hendon will play, just continues to say that he'll be day-to-day he said that on the SEC teleconference yesterday he said that on vol calls last night but as as Austin Price and Brent Hub said in in their two-minute drill on Tuesday on Tuesday Hendon was further along further along in his schedule to potentially being able to play than than they expected at that point and when I say they I'm talking about Tennessee they they probably did not anticipate him practicing as much as he did uh, on Tuesday and, and that was Tuesday. And not saying that he was 100% and, and full go and 100% participant, but he was doing more than anybody anticipated. And, and I think that is a, a legitimate sign of, of hope that he can play on Saturday. Doesn't mean that he will, but if he's ahead, on, ahead of schedule on Tuesday, where's he today? Where's he tomorrow? Where's he on Saturday? So I, I do think there's some legitimate hope. And, and Heupel had some other interesting injury comments last night on vol calls asked about Cooper Mays and said that he is close to being back. Close to being back is Cooper Mays. Cade Mays is day-to-day, but that he has, quote, opportunity to go in this one. So he said Cade was day-to-day and that he has an opportunity to go in this one. And then he also, unprovoked, mentioned Karon Calvert as a guy who is working his way back from the biceps injury he sustained the first week of fall camp. And that he's starting to get some work in practice is K. Ron Calvert. That would be a huge 
boost, although there are several very important questions to ask when it comes to Karon Calvert. How much rust will he have to knock off? It's late in the season. I'm sure he's been conditioning. It's not the same right, football but I'm, conditioning. I, I'm more so mentioning just like pure football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pure they'll, football. they'll definitely be rust, but you're right. Right. Um, I mean, it took Byron Young. Like a, he said, he didn't feel a backpack until the Missouri game, which was three games after he had to sit out two. How much does it matter if it's better than what you have in there now? Oh, I, I look, I completely <laughs> agree with that. But you would think that Cade Mays, unless further injury, you would think that Cade's back by then. Yeah. You would think that Cade is back by by then. So I I, I think a couple of big questions to ask about K Ron Calvert. How much how much rust will need will need to be knocked off before they feel comfortable putting him in there and kind of what you just said. And how much rust are you willing to work with if it's better than what you already have in the game? And B, is he coming back at 100% or at what point percent-wise, health-wise, are you willing to throw him in the game? I'd, I'd be curious to see what they did with the offensive line if, if Calvert is able to make it back this season because I think Calvert would have, would have started at tackle to start the season at right tackle, and I think Cade would have, would have slid inside to play guard. Probably over Spragans. I, I I think the starting five. This is my speculation, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think the starting five, if Calvert had been healthy, would have been from left to right: Darnell Wright, Jerome Carvin, Cooper Mays, Cade Mays, Karon Calvert. So I'll be curious to see what they do with the lineup if they can, if if Calvert can make it back. Granted, if if guys continue to get banged up, that that makes it a pretty easy decision. Kate's hurt. Put Calvert at right tackle. You don't have to shuffle guys around. Cooper's hurt. You put Carvin at center. Put Kate at guard. I'll be man. I would. I I know what Hypo said. I would be surprised to see, you know, him back from a biceps tear. It's, it's usually a all season type of injury. But right. hey, everybody's different. Man. Everybody's bodies heal differently. I mean. To see Amari Rogers tear his ACL in the spring and still be able to play in the fall for Clemson, it was just, you know, it was remarkable. Some guys can't do that. So, different guys healed uh, differently. Somebody, you know, may have that Wolverine healing power from X-Men. You just, I mean, you just, you just never know. Some guys take a little bit longer. So, back in fall, uh, around the end of the first week of fall camp, uh, when, when Cameron Calvert, was sidelined with his biceps injury. Josh Heupel was asked and said, K-Rod did have surgery. He will not be with us for an extended period of time. I think I've said it before. The strength of one position cannot be one guy. The next guy has to step up and take advantage of the opportunity. So, he, he was never ruled out for the season. I think, I, think a, I may be totally off on this, but I think a biceps injury is like two to three months. I remember mean, when Justin Harrell tore his, he was he was donezo, and he tore it against uh, Air Force, which was the second game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and listen, he had NFL aspirations, so maybe that played a little bit into it as well. But like he was, that was an end of the season injury for him. But that's also middle of September, not first week of August. Yeah, true. I mean, so I don't if if you all had another month and a half of the season, would would Justin been able to come back for a, a game good, or two? Man, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. 
Calvert being back would be a a a huge boost. And again, I don't even know what level of effectiveness he would he would be at. But is effectiveness a word? I think it is. It is. It didn't sound right when I said it. It's all good, man. <laughs> you know, you say let it roll. Sometimes. You say things sometimes and it doesn't sound right or feel right coming off your tongue. Let it uh, roll. Effectiveness did, did not come off the tongue. Feeling all that all that great. But I I know I've hammered home this point a couple times throughout the season, but you, you've seen the last, especially this past weekend, the loss of Riley Locklear and Karon Calvert has significantly impacted this this offensive line. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle because you you forget about those guys as the season gets going. But how big would it have been to throw out Calvert at tackle when Cade got hurt? Might have been legitimately might have been the difference in the football game. Or, I mean, Riley Locklear the past two seasons has has played a, a ton of snaps at guard. How, how nice would it be for him to to compete with Ali Lane at that at that guard spot with, with Cooper being hurt? I mean, that, that could make a big difference as well. Yeah. Yeah, so the strategy going into this game with, with – you know some of the some of the guys banged up, Cade and, and Cooper. Do you do you rest them one more week, or do you throw them out there? I mean, we'll know Saturday, and we know that Alabama's the favorite. We're the heavy underdog, but this is something that we have mentioned this week. What message are you sending your team? Because you got some team, some guys on this football team who are salivating and foaming at the mouth for the chance to knock off Alabama because they saw Texas A&M do it. But at the same time, are you a little hesitant about putting someone out there, making it worse for that person against a team that you, you might not have a chance to beat? So I'm looking forward to the report hour, two hours before kickoff to see who's going to go. Ty Young going to go? Did you uh, did you see my tweet uh, from Nick Saban yesterday? Also, I'm, I'm very disappointed in you. I tweeted out former Vol Henry Toa Toa, and and no response from you. you I was you, busy yesterday. Ben. I tagged you in it. I was busy yesterday. I tagged you in it, raising like, money for no, the hospital. No, you can't use that as an excuse. I tagged <laughs> you in a pretty it. Pretty good reason. And then like no, because thirty seconds after I tagged you in it. You were in my mentions responding to somebody else's tweet that I was tagged. I didn't see it, honestly. I know. I'm, I'm messing with you. Where, let, me, let me go try to find you it. You don't pay. Well, I, I deleted the, the tag of you. You I deleted it? Because I said, event. I said, oh, you don't oh, want to man, you went, you went, I'm deleting it. You went Marty Smith on me, man? You deleted yes, the tweet? I went, I went Marty Smith on you. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was hoping that you'd see that I referred to Henry Toa Toa as a former Vol. Nah, he is a former Vol. Exactly. I wanted you to tell me that I used it properly. Yeah, he is a former Vol. But the other tweet that I tweeted out from Nick Saban on the SEC teleconference talking about Tennessee's offense. Uh, they have done a good job of overhauling the roster and getting guys in that can make an impact. They should be credited for the job they've done to retool. All right, you ready? You may want to buckle up. Dude, I'm, I borderline don't want to hear Nick Saban's like, pleasantries because I'll never forget when Dooley was the coach. And Pruitt. And Butch. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm i going to let you finish. I'm going to pull a Kanye here. I'm going to let you finish. But it's just, you know, Nick always be 
loving up on our coaches. Man. Oh, just wait to this last. All right, go sentence. ahead. Go ahead. Which I'm I'm mentioning this to to get to tie on your point about tie on. Go for it. But the the first part of this sentence, just buckle up. All right. Both of their quarterbacks have played well. I'm done. They've improved on the perimeter. That's true. And their running back is their best player on offense. All right, listen. Uh, I ain't disagreeing with that. No. But I, th- I thought it, I, was, right, I, mean, I was listening. And it was kind what, of, what running back he referring to? Tyon Evans. Tyon Evans. I mean, because he mentioned he and he mentioned that I know he's a little banged up right now and missed the last game. But their running back's their best player on on offense. It was just co hum coach speak. I'm not paying too much attention to it. And then bam, that wasn't coach speak from that. Saban. That's not coach speak. No, that wasn't. Coach Tyon's speak. caught his eye. No, that wasn't coach speak. He probably like, dang, why? Why, whoa, why do whoa. we have? Him? Yeah, like remember earlier I said Tyon is one of the dudes that I think could play in any SEC team. Mm-hmm. And we talked had that conversation about. Where would he fit in Alabama? Like, I mean, that's – I mean, I – I think Tyon would be in the rotation of any. At every school. At every school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it would obviously fluctuate whether he's the starter or third string. I think at Georgia he might be the third he string. Would, yeah, but, but he, he would be, get, he would be in the rotation. He would be in the top three at mm-hmm. any school in the SEC. Yeah, and uh, Bama's number two back just went down yep. due to a torn ACL. So, he'd be any up school. in that rotation. I think He ain't playing over Brian Robinson, but – I, I think he might be the only player on this football team we can say that about. Say what? Rotation, play, or start? Which which, which phrase are we going with? Because there's a difference. In the rotation where you're playing, like, significant snaps. I think Cade. I think you could throw Cade in there. Okay. I mean, he, throw- he literally did it at Georgia when Georgia's offensive line was better when he was there than it is now. Throw, yeah, throw Cade in there. Who else? I mean, I, I think I, honestly, I, th- I think I think Valus would be just as good as Bolton, Slade Bolton. I think Valus is better than Slade Bolton. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, if you put Slade Bolton in this offense with with lack of great playmakers around him, would he be just as effective? Yeah, I so think he's a good football player, but I throw, I throw it's Valus. easy to be Slade Bolton in the slot when you got John Metchie on the outside. I throw I throw Valus in that in that conversation too. I think yeah. I, any I, any any school in the SEC? You, you throw Valus. If Valus started instead of Slade Bolden, I think Valus would be more productive at Bama than Slade Bolden. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think, think so. Do you too. think Matthew Butler? In rotation? In the two deep? At Bama? Yeah. <laughs> Bama Bama don't have the typical D lineman that they typically have now. Mainly because they can't guys like LeBron Ray can't stay healthy. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not gonna try to play expert here. I'm I don't I don't, th- I'm, I don't know that he'd be in the two deep at Georgia. No, 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 no. That'd be tougher. But he, most that's, of the other schools he would be. That's some dudes like turn down first round money to come back. So Jordan Davis. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's I don't know. I don't know about those. I don't know about those. But most schools, Matthew Butler, yes. Most most schools. Yes. Most, like 90, 90%, yeah, more. Well, the yeah. only ones I don't know are Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, I think Nick Saban would love an experienced Matthew Butler who plays hard and knows he's going to do the right thing right now. Yeah. Because he's been going after some of this D lineman's neck, apparently. Let's go. Are, there, are those the only ones? Um, yes. Theo? I think Theo would be in too deep um, anywhere. I don't think he. Uh, 
Georgia would be tough. But I, I, I think I think I think I, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he would. Yeah, I am too. I I, I think he'd be the two deep at, yeah. at Bama. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they have yeah, a yeah. youngster starting at yeah. star, and I, I think they would love Theo's experience. Yeah, like Georgia would be the only question for me. But yeah, yeah, Bama's just always naturally a question. Paxton Brooks would. Man, don't start. Low T Center has reinvented the men's visit, making it quick and easy to get all of your levels checked. Not just the testosterone levels, but it starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment. So know all of your numbers that are important to your health, folks. That's Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Locations all over Tennessee, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Nashville, Tri-Cities, serving you men. Also, self-inject at home treatments are just $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance companies. So, men, don't go any longer. If you're feeling lack of energy, if you're feeling loss of muscle mass, if you're feeling grumpy, get those things checked out. It could be low thyroid. It could be testosterone levels. It could be uh, even sleep apnea. Let low T-Center Help determine the cause and let them help. That's Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. You start getting special teams in there, Ben. You know we got to change the subject. All right, let's hit the text box. Hit this text box up. Uh, Max Vall says, Banks better than Toe Toe. Man, Banks had a career day last week. Career day. Bank, Banks 15 is, tackles. Yeah, Banks has been really good. Two tackles uh, for loss. Aside from the... The personal fouls. I what I wish you could do is is pair Henry T's football IQ with Jeremy Banks's athleticism and attitude. That that's the one thing you can't question about Henry. His football IQ is phenomenal. It's, it's above it's, average for sure. Yeah, I mean, he walked into Bama and, and is now calling the plays. It's it's just his his lack of speed gets him lack of speed and lack of athleticism gets him in trouble. But if, if you have Jeremy Banks' speed and athleticism paired with that football IQ, you're talking about a All-American linebacker, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn Birmingham says, would it not be the best ever if Joe Milton hits Valus over the, uh, on a slant over Henry T to win the game? Oh, it would be great. I mean, just to win the game, period. But um, <laughs> listen, Henry T is susceptible in – the passing game as a linebacker. But he's not responsible for covering slants. Like, Tennessee got hit with all these slants last year. Linebackers don't cover receivers running slants. So, yeah. The guys covering the receivers are the ones that can't guard a slant. It wasn't Henry not being able to cover the slant. But it would be great if someone caught the ball in Henry's zone and area uh, to win the game. And if I'm Josh Heupel, that's that's where I'm attacking. What I want to see... I'm attacking Henry in passing coverage, for sure. Yes. What I want to see is either Tyon Evans run over Henry to win the game <laughs> or Hendon Hooker hit the B button, the spin, spin move. move on Henry to win the game. I mean, he, he might have to... He might put the spin move in the, in the garage this game if he plays. He might have to... Well, what's crazy is the, the spin move isn't what's gotten him hurt when he's gone down this year. Well, I felt like he kind of stopped running and slowed down a little bit when someone hit, hit him from behind in the Ole Miss game. Yes, um, and forced his knee to mm-hmm. jam into the ground. That's not what got him in got him in trouble. Uh, 
Now the the Tennessee Tech hit. I I thought he's getting ready to hit the spin move, and the player just hit him right before he's about to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. But he might even want to put the spin move on hold for this week. Just 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 do a little jukey juke. Get down. Do it to Henry though. He might miss for sure. For sure. Uh, ATL VFL says we should be healthy at running back. Hopefully that means Tyon and Wright. Hopefully it means Tyon um, and Small. Those two, man, I want to get those two playing at a high level together. Because Small, man, we did not spend enough time talking about how he shook old boy out of his draws. He got a little wiggle to it. That was a Travis Stevens versus Florida in 01 move. Oh, you going there. Dude. Dude. Travis Stevens and Jabari Small in the same sentence? Uh, I'm talking about the move, like the move itself. Now, the the Travis Stevens move against Florida in 01, it was more clear because it was only him and the Florida defender right there in the hole. So, like, the, the juke looked even worse. But, like, there was a little bit more con- congestion in the old Miss game. But Jabari brought that man to his knees. When you make someone fall in the open field, that is a legendary juke. And Jabari had that, and it's not, it's not talked about as much as it should be. But I want to see Jabari and Tyon eat together at the same time. It's been one's been hurt, the other one's eaten. Uh, I want to see both of them at the same time. I want to see Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Or the duo at North Carolina last year. That's what I want to see. I haven't been a huge fan of what I think is honestly kind of disrespect towards Jabari. I, I don't think it's intentional disrespect, but I think folks are sleeping on Jabari. He, he's not the the sexy you know, guy that's going to make, make somebody miss uh, a ton. He's not Alvin Kamara. But he runs hard, man, and he does make guys miss. He does make guys. Tyon's been a home run hitter. Yes. Jabari hasn't had that opportunity yet. He hasn't done it yet. So that's, a, that's the difference. Both guys can make you miss. Mm-hmm. I think they've proven that. I think Tyon's a little more shiftier. I mean, but they both can make you miss. But the perception of Jabari is that he can't. And, and that's why I think he, I, don't know I think folks are sleeping on Jabari. I, if that was the perception, I hope that's not the perception anymore because he killed that after Saturday. Well, I mean, obviously it's not if somebody's mentioning Jalen Wright. Maybe, maybe this person is going with the assumption that Jabari is healthy, and that's why he didn't mention him. I don't, but, I don't know why this person folks, mentioned folks don't Folks don't get excited about Jabari like they do Tyon or Jalen well, Wright. Yeah, I, I don't know why people will get excited over Jalen Wright. About Jalen Wright over over Jabari, but Tyon, I get it because y'all do his hit home runs. Yeah, he's a home run hitter. But Jabari, whoo, man, I need to go back and watch that play again. I'm I'm a big fan of Jabari. I I talked him up during the offseason because sure he reminds do. me of of John Kelly. I I love the way that he runs. He he runs mean, big, strong, fast, aggressive. He is. He'll man. run you over. I, if those two guys can get healthy and they can play at the same time. Whew, that's a big-time one-two punch. And, and then you have Hendon in the backfield with the threat to run as well. That I meant to actually throw this in earlier when, when we were talking about the hype of Hendon going into next season. I'm excited to talk about the hype of this running game going into next season. If Tyon stays. That, that's a big question. Let's assume that he does. Tyon, Jabari, Jalen, Hendon, 
Your offensive line is probably all back except for Cade. Woo! <laughs> Running for days. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, you still need to develop some receivers, obviously, but you can lean on that running game while the receivers come along. Man, hopefully we get Tyon and Jabari uh, for this football game against Alabama, and we'll see what happens with Hendon and his status. But uh, huge challenge, huge challenge for, for Tennessee. Ole Miss only had 291 total yards, uh, but we understand the, 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 the aggressiveness, aggressiveness that they showed on fourth down. So uh, Tennessee certainly has their work cut out for them, but the confidence has never been higher for this Tennessee football team right now, even coming off a, a tough loss to Ole Miss. So uh, we're going to get fight. That's what we're going to get for sure. And um, these guys will take a big swing, and that's all we want, and that's all we can ask for uh, outside of getting the win itself. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you have a great day. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and much love. We are out.